Welcome. I'm Mandy, a former history teacher. And I'm Evita, a former mechanical engineer. We're both married with four kids, two Two boys, boys, two two girls. girls. We're two young professionals turned stay-at-home moms, navigating all facets of homemaking one step at a time to help you become the mother and wife you are called to be. Hello, our faithful listeners. If you like what you hear, please, well, I guess if you don't either, (laughs) we want real feedback. Please go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate us, um, follow us on Spotify, become a follower so you know when our episodes are released, all of the above, so we can get a sense of what you guys are liking and give you more of that. And make sure to share with your friends if you do like the content, because we do really want to spread the word of all the goodness that comes with homemaking and everything we can learn and the ways we can grow. So yeah, if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. Yes. Thank you. Hello, listeners. First off, we are sorry to be a little behind. (laughs) We have found whenever there's a holiday and travel involved. Yes. Or like buying a house and selling yours or something. Yes. Something that just (laughs) pops up. It's a little difficult to coordinate schedules. So yes. yeah, and keep the consistency. So our apologies, but we're here, we're back, and we have an awesome topic today. Yes. So today we're tackling a big one, which means there will probably be two parts to this. Yes. But we are going to talk about marriage and specifically focusing on how do we stay true to our marital vows, what of course is marriage. And then what our role in that is and how do we make sure that we're living true to that or striving towards that. Right. So we have – it's kind of a three-part conversation. The first one, like Mandy said, we're going to discuss the wedded life, marriage defined. The second part would be how to achieve these theoretical ideals. And part three would be how to actually put it into practice. So we're going to give some practical steps from not just us, but from people who are smarter than us, like therapists. And yes, (laughs) because we've not been married that long in the scheme of things. And we've had a lot of kids in five years, which might speed (laughs) us up on the marriage track. Maybe we're more like 10 years married. Exactly. (laughs) For every kid, it's like times two. A lot of trials. So talking about wedded life, I don't know about you, but I remember reading a lot of Catholic Christian premarital books. And one thing that really struck me as odd about them is there was this big focus on the difficulties of marriage. And I totally get why I think whenever there's an extreme, there can be kind of an extreme response to it. Mm -hmm. And I think there is definitely the trend where people were getting into marriage, having no idea what it was not being prepared for it, thinking it was a fairy tale and it was going to solve all their problems if they weren't happy. And I think the reaction to that was to be like, actually, marriage is really hard (laughs) and trying to like show more of the reality of it. But in reading some of the books, they would focus so much on the difficulties of marriage. I remember getting to the end of it and being like, why on earth would I get married? Yeah. Like, this sounds awful. And so I think it's important to kind of have a balance when you're talking about marriage of, well, yes, of course, it's it's difficult. There are some really difficult times. Mm-hmm. Some marriages are way more difficult than others. And that's really important to be aware of, obviously. But I think that there's beauty in that. And that we should be highlighting the beauty of the vocation when we talk about 
the difficulties that are with it. Cause I think sometimes, even though it's hard to see, the difficulties are beautiful. Like that's the beautiful part of marriage. Right. So we'll get into more of that and unpacking it. But marriage is meant to bring joy. Yes. So despite all of these focuses on the difficulties of marriage, it's supposed to bring you joy. You know, sometimes your happy prophecies are not fulfilled and the flowers from your wedding day wither and so does the memory of that gladness. But it doesn't have to necessarily be that way. And I think that's one thing we really want to highlight. If your marriage has been true and your wedded life is ruled by love, your marriage will bring you great joy and blessings mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, life. And I mm-hmm. think that's really key. Yes, you may have difficult times, but overall, yes. if you're doing these things, your marriage should bring you joy. Right. And keeping perspective, right? Because when you were single, what mm-hmm. did you want? You wanted to be, to married. be married. Before, I mean, before <laughs> marriage, you wanted to meet that person to become married. Yes. And have that second toothbrush next to yours. Exactly. Like <laughs> saying goodnight, not having to leave, you know, all that goodness. You have to remember, keep that in, into perspective. Like yes. where you were what before, you for it. what you longed for, what you prayed for, you actually have now. So mm-hmm. thinking about it that way can help you hone in on your true blessings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, the like marriage can be difficult and you'll encounter things that you didn't know you would or you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. But you have what you wanted. So coming at it with a grateful heart can totally, I don't know, change your perspective. Yes, because all good things fade, right? Once we have something, sometimes we take it for right, granted. So right. remembering how much you longed for yes, and, like, and to be grateful that you have it, even though <laughs> yeah. it's not always yeah. So <laughs> So I have, I have like – a guilty pleasure, which is reality TV, sometimes <laughs> on Netflix. But you know what? I am going to say that I I learned something from that. Well, the shows that I like, the reality shows, are like people trying to find love. So I used to watch like The Bachelor and things like that. And now I watch some shows I won't name. But it's basically, that longing for love. <laughs> it's that longing for love. And it's like it goes to show that every person – wants that. They want to feel that connection. Mm -hmm. They want to have that devotion, the mutual devotion, right? You committed to them, them committed to you. And that's, I mean, shows are like super popular that revolve around that. So to know that we have found our people, Mm -hmm. it just kind of makes me really grateful. So yeah, that's reality TV can have a silver lining. And I mean, also watching reality TV would be I'm darn glad I'm not dating right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Glad we're out if of that that's game. that's the dating world, I'm glad I'm out of the pool. <laughs> so when taking vows, to kind of just summarize them, and then Avita's got the catechism to just kind of remind us of, of what is specifically said in there about marriage. But when you take vows in general, you're promising to take into sacred keeping quote, the happiness and the highest good of the other to the end of life. So that basically summarizes your goal in marriage. Like what's Mm -hmm. the overall goal is the happiness and highest good of the other. And I think sometimes we forget the happiness. Like we're responsible for that other person's happiness. And also, yes, their highest good, which is heaven. Like we always are like, yes, we want our spouse to get to heaven. But you're not in a good state if you're not happy. Like if you're on your way to heaven, you are happy if you're on that path. So I think that's an important one of remembering that is your job is to make sure your spouse is happy. It's twofold, right? Like you don't want to be their second mom and being like, oh, this is what you should do because this is what's going to make you a better person. Mm -hmm. It's like that without being 
like without yourself being a gift of joy to them mm-hmm. becomes can can I think bring resentment, right? Because yes. then you almost become, like I said, like their second mom kind of trying to yes. teach them and no, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And it's not like yeah. that. It has to be, you have to be a gift to them. You have to bring them joy and get to heaven together. It's mm-hmm. a path together. Like you're not ahead of them. You right. know what I mean? And that's like an interesting point. We And we're probably going to do an episode on specifically the role of the wife later, but just to kind of touch on it a little bit, it is important to remember. So actually I learned this from a person who was in one of my Bible studies who was raised Jewish. <laughs> and she said that um, the word helper in the mm-hmm. Bible, if you translate it into Hebrew, because everyone's like always offended when it said Eve was like his helpmate or something. Like yeah. it's like worded kind of like it almost sounds servile. Oh, yeah. But she said that actually in Hebrew, it's like the equivalent of like a vice CEO. Like mm-hmm. you are basically mm-hmm. the next one in the company right. that you know that person right. so well that you would run it mm-hmm. as if they were running right. it and that they would trust you so much as to completely give over to you right. everything that's precious right. to them. Like the power is almost interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. So when you're kind of thinking about like, well, I want to make my spouse happy. Mm-hmm. It's about completely knowing them, mm-hmm. knowing what their wishes are, mm-hmm. and and helping with that in a way where you're so entrusted with all of those beautiful things that they care about their children, right? Right? They're entrusting. Yeah. So it's kind of more of like an honor, yeah, than it would be, yeah. Like, oh man, I'm like just a the second in command, exactly. But yes. <laughs> so we'll get more into that, but I just thought that was interesting. Um. So with the catechism. Um, yep. So first, if we want to think about what marriage actually means, defined according to the church, it says the church holds the exchange of consent between the spouses to be the indispensable element that, quote, makes the marriage. Mm-hmm. If consent is lacking, there is no marriage. So what do they mean by consent? The consent consists in a, quote, human act by which the partners mutually give themselves to each other. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes. That's where the words come. Like, I take you to be my wife. I take you to be my husband. So yes. it's not consent like, oh, yeah, we're agreeing to this thing. It's like yeah. you are consenting to give yourself mm-hmm. to that person. Yes. So you're no longer your own. Rather, you're his and he's yours, a life of service. You become a gift to them. Yes. And it, yeah, like freely chosen. It right. can't be pressure from somebody or anything like that. Right. Something that you have chosen to do. Yes. And then I'll continue from a valid marriage arises a bond between the spouses, which by its very nature is perpetual and exclusive. Furthermore, in a Christian marriage, the spouses are strengthened and as it were consecrated for the duties and the dignity of their state by a special sacrament. And an an encyclical by Pope Pius, I think it was the 11th, Casti Canubai, he says, quote, the nature of matrimony is entirely independent of the free will of man, so that Mm -hmm. if one has once contracted matrimony, he is thereby subject to its divinely made laws and its essential properties. So the way that I understood that is, your feelings are separate of the vow right. you made. Yes. You're in a committed relationship. You can't decide later. 
you can't decide later. You already did. It's not working for you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're in a committed relationship where you consented to give of yourself and be subject to the to the divinely made laws. So again, you're going into this knowing that you're making an agreement with, with your spouse, but before God. Mm-hmm. Your duty, first and foremost, and always is to God and the promise you made to your spouse before him. To honor God is to honor your commitment and to take up your cross. So anyhow. So sometimes that means when things get hard. Yeah. You yeah. have to endure and have pray to endure. for grace. And yes. yes. Because because your word has to mean something. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like today, because people can write and text and say anything, words yeah. I think have become – like they don't hold as much weight. Yeah, because you can change your mind later. And I've always yeah. wondered people talk how so difficult much. marriage would be if you knew that divorce was on the table. Yeah. Like I think for us sometimes the difficulty is you kind of think your marriage is just automatically safe yeah. because you're Catholic yes. Yes. and you're in this indissoluble union and you're yeah. like, well, I would never get divorced. And I think that kind of brings us into why we're really focusing on this is you have to make sure you're maintaining a healthy right, marriage right. because it can go very awry. Right. And also just because you feel that way, mm-hmm. I mean, what if your spouse doesn't? Yeah. Or what if you have some tragedy and yeah. and it affects you differently right. and you have to go through that? And right. so I think it's important to remember that marriage is indissoluble, but you have to work to make sure that mm-hmm. you're, I don't know, fulfilling those vows so that that indissolubility is easy to maintain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that you also want to honor the commitment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's just, that's what I have um, on what the catechism says. Uh, the last part I guess I'll end with is it says, Christ dwells with them, gives them the strength to take up their crosses and so follow him to rise again after they have fallen, mm-hmm. to forgive one another to bear one another's burdens, to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, and to love one another with supernatural, tender, and fruitful love. And I thought that was interesting that they that they emphasize supernatural, tender, and fruitful because supernatural we do have to rely on these graces yes. that are given to us during our our marriage. And if you converted to Catholicism mm-hmm. and you got married out of the church, get your marriage blessed because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. brings so many graces yeah, that yeah. are just invaluable yes. to your marriage. So, so that's the supernatural aspect. Tender love. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later. I just feel like our culture kind of tells us as women that we have to be strong, strong and powerful. You know, and- yeah, like all those movements like Disney Plus or wants to get rid of the damsel in distress because that's not feminist enough. Yes. Yeah. You got to save yourself. Right. And the thing (laughs) is, it's like, yeah, you do want women to be strong in their own right, Mm -hmm. you know, but we are made differently. Men are meant to be masculine. I look at the Virgin Mary. How feminine and delicate is she? Yeah. But her heart has seven swords in it. Right. And how also she was just like the most (laughs) strong. Right. And also like by today's standards, she was just the most basic person. Mm -hmm. I mean, she didn't have any kind of worldly recognition. She was at home and now she's like the most popular female figure ever, Mm -hmm. you know? So tender love and then fruitful love, which I believe gets into. Yeah, we get that. (laughs) We've been very fruitful (laughs) and continue to be. (laughs) Our love is in poor little people. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, going off of that, a marriage, although it brings us joy, right, and it it has these beautiful things, it's not the cure for all of life's ills. So just 
because we're in this joyful marriage doesn't mean we're not going to have suffering of some kind, right? Mm -hmm. And um, this is a quote from a book that we had got on homemaking. And it said, while its possibilities of happiness and blessing are so great, its possibility of failure must not be ignored. And I feel like that's the part we forget about as Catholics Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. is marriages can fail. And we have to figure out that we're not on track of doing that to our own. You know, after marriage, you may discover a lot of beautiful things about your spouse you didn't know. You get to know them on a much more intimate detail. But you also might discover points of uncongeniality, mm-hmm. faults, mm-hmm. weird habits they have mm-hmm. um, of taste of and temper that you may not have seen before. And that can lead us to get disappointed and even despair as we see some of these things. But really, all that's needed is wise and loving Patience. Yeah. And I think that's that's really what you need supernatural grace for is yes. knowing how to have that loving patience. Impatience can wreck all. A sharp word may retard for months the process of soul blending. I love that word, soul blending. Like yeah. it's a process. Just because you're married doesn't mean your souls yes. are automatically totally enmeshed in one. Exactly. And how they said a word, like yes. your harsh one words. One word. One word. Yes. Like if you guys have moved 10 steps forward, your words back to saying like yes. how much weight they actually hold can put you back. Yes. Yeah. So, but if avoided, right, if we avoid these sharp words, these mm-hmm. these impatient um, things out of us, the result will be a wedded life of deep peace, quiet joy, and inseparable affection. Now, notice I didn't say no suffering, but you have peace joy and affection and that will get you through anything that would come that might provide more suffering or or things that are harder to bear so the question is how do we achieve that yeah um the first one highlighted in this homemaker book was courtesy and this one really struck me and it is my goal this summer because when we get comfortable with people, I feel like courtesy is the first thing to go. You get more blunt. Mm-hmm. You get more comfortable. Right. You get, I don't know, sharp tongue. Like you take out your right. anger on people well, you know who will take it. Exactly. Because you're like, they love me. They yeah. know me. Yes. I'm a good person. Even so if I can kind of do whatever them, I want. It'll be fine. Yeah, it would be fine. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting because I read this quote and it just like stabbed me. <laughs> In reality, quote, no place in the world where the amenities of courtesy should be so carefully maintained as in the home. Mm -hmm. There is no place where rudeness or incivility is so unpardonable as in inside our own doors and and toward our best beloved. Yeah. And, And that takes so much willpower. Actually, I mean, so much restraint, I guess you could say, because oftentimes, you know, your true self or kind of lashing out is is exactly that lashing out. So mm-hmm. practicing restraint with your words, even yes. with your thoughts, because sometimes you can think things and you're like, okay, I need to just chill yeah. out, take it. I've changed know. 20 diapers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing under your breath. <laughs> no. And I mean, obviously these are all ideals and yes. we fail sometimes, but it's good to know what we're working towards. Yeah. And yeah. also when you're rude to someone, you're not very pleasing to them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the biggest fear I would have is to for my husband not want to be in my presence. Right. Like, to not want to be around right. me or not to be pleasing. Right, right. You know, you think of that and like, oh, gosh, if we were married, he would not date me right If we exactly. weren't married, he would not date I me know, right now. I know. And I do have those moments, too, where I'm like, gosh, like – if I showed this side of me when we were dating, like who knows? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe it would have ended. I don't yes. know. I mean, I hope to God not, but yeah. at this point it's like 
that's how you know you're doing something you shouldn't do when yes. you when you're thinking about it after you know in hindsight. and think of how careful we are that people aren't offended by what we say of like people we barely know like oh gosh i hope they didn't think i <laughs> yes. thought their outfit was ugly <laughs> yes. and then our own spouse were like saying these critical words to and i just thought like gosh that does the most harm mm-hmm. and you know not just to your spouse but also your kids like oh I got to say personal note here. One thing that really like shook me was I'll say things like, oh, Michael left his shoes out. And just saying that my son the next day was like, oh, dad left this screwdriver out. Oh and I was gosh. like, oh, I know. oh my gosh. Like it was such an immediate, like, I can't believe like, I know they pick, you know, like yes. I never want them like, to be criticizing if, their dad like exactly. that. If you want a reflection of what you do, yes. watch your children. Yeah. They're helpful. And what they say. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know the other day I heard someone, I heard one of my kids say, that was so dumb. I'm like, oh, no, we can't even use that. Like we should not be using that word. I'm not going to say I use that word, but I'm just that saying it yeah, couldn't have come from me. No, no, I know. I say other things. <laughs> That's for someone else. Let's yes. take credit for it. <laughs> but yeah, it is interesting. And I think sometimes we know we've done wrong and we atone for it in the wrong way. Like the other quote from that chapter was, jewelry and silks and richly bound volumes will never atone for the want of warmth and tenderness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I bought him a gift to make right. up for it. Or, oh, right. I – but it's like that can't replace – warmth like right, actual warmth right. and tenderness i mean yes. those things are nice and you can accompany them mm-hmm. but there has to be warmth and tenderness behind, behind it, it or it's not going to yeah it's not going to have it's not going to have weight at all i mean it mm-hmm. is nice to receive something you know because if something if someone did something wrong but... yeah flowers after a fight it's not a bad thing yeah yeah <laughs> but there should be an i'm sorry <laughs> with yes, it not like, just like warmth. here yeah no, here <laughs> i buy you <laughs> exactly And okay, so the second one, which I think is really big, is unity of interest. Mm -hmm. And this one I feel like you always hear a lot of couples that are become empty nesters Mm -hmm. and get divorced. Like Mm -hmm. the divorce rate's really high after all the kids graduate. The house, yeah. It's almost like the mom was so invested in the lives of the kids. Yeah. That as soon as the kids were gone, it was like they were two strangers. Yes. And so this unity of interest can be really difficult because obviously you have different roles Mm -hmm. you're trying to accomplish. You Mm -hmm. might both be working and have different jobs. Mm -hmm. One of you might be at home. One of you might be Mm -hmm. working. And so those interests are not so easy to be closely aligned. Right. So there's a very big danger of you doing your thing and your spouse doing theirs. Mm-hmm. And the quote from this is, unless care is taken, the separation of duties and engagements will lead to actual separation in heart and mm-hmm. life. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true. And I and I feel like I've seen from other couples, older couples, that sometimes that does happen, that they might be – committed and devoted and divorce is not on the table Mm -hmm. but you see their interaction sometimes and it just feels like you almost wonder like do they like each other yeah like do they like being around each other yeah and or has things gotten that cold yes and and it's not it's not from a it's not from a perception like it's not from a point of judgment like oh my Mm -hmm. gosh look at them it's more like wow, I'm going to try to learn from that so that I don't do that because – Yeah, so that's not inevitable yeah, that I'll eventually Because be it there. seems like it's actually a common pitfall that marriages mm-hmm. encounter later on down the road, which means that if I don't strive to work 
against that, that'll right. probably happen to me. Yeah. So and very easily because yeah. if it's so common, right? You know what what leads to that? Yes. And the thing is, it's like you can have separate interests. I think that's oh, okay. Sure. Like I think that's healthy. To, yeah. To have things that you yes. enjoy doing and yes. you do them. But what's important is demonstrating your interest in theirs. In theirs. Yeah. Like, I care about what you care about. Yes. Because I, I care about watch you. Chick flicks with you. Yes. But I appreciate that. That's what you like. <laughs> yes. Because I care about you, I am going yeah. to care about what you have yes. to say. Yes. And also that I'm includes like listening and asking questions mm-hmm. about what the other is doing. You should keep a constant loving interest. And I think sometimes it's asking the right questions. Yeah. Like, hi, honey, how was your day? Can be a really general question. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, anything happened that gave you a lot of anxiety today? You right. seem like something that – like just knowing how to prod further instead of just being like, if something's wrong, they'll tell me. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that expresses your interest. Like I want to know what's going on with you. So a true, life, a true wife will, quote, want to know every burden, every struggle, every plan, every new ambition. She will mm-hmm. wish to learn what un- – what undertaking has succeeded and what has failed mm-hmm. and to keep herself thoroughly familiar wand in full sympathy with all his daily personal life right and i think so sometimes different people have different ways of communicating their struggles but what i'm trying to get at is when you have conversations with your spouse sometimes all they want is a lending ear mm-hmm. right i feel like i'm the type of person that like if, jumps in with yeah, like plan a well, what about this <laughs> well have you tried that well what about that you know and and to me like i feel like i'm helping right. but this has actually come up in our marriage where i do try to help but maybe it's my tone or maybe he just wants someone to listen mm-hmm. that it's kind of off-putting, you know? So yes. now I know, but it can, it came through communication because if he hadn't told me specifically and clearly and kindly, then I, I yeah. would have either like just dismissed it or not have right. known. Or and just now the you know to fight. say, do you want solutions or do you want me to just listen yes. Yes. to and, this? <laughs> and I know a lot of, a lot. It's it, and why I prefaced it the way I did is I know Typically, women want men to listen, right? Yes. And men want solutions. Yeah, they want to give the solutions and stuff. They don't well, like ranting. In my marriage, it's kind of opposite. I yeah. give the solutions. He just wants a lending ear. Mm-hmm. So, and and when I think about it, when I'm going through something personal or something that I'm struggling with, he doesn't give me solutions. He's mm-hmm. always empathetic. And I actually really do appreciate that. Yeah. Because even though I'm quick to give solutions, he's quick to give a lending ear. Yeah. You know, because sometimes a sign the of point sympathy. of it is I just want to be affirmed. Yes. That this is not a good situation. Right. Right. And I'm with you. Yeah. And I support and, you. And someone supports me and I'll figure it out. Right. But right. <laughs> yeah. So, so there are, I think there's a time and a place for both. Yes. But knowing what your spouse wants by yes. asking those questions. And that questions. takes knowledge of them yes, to that, be able to read that. Yes, exactly. Babe. Yeah. Do you want me to listen or yep. do you need help? You yep. know? Let so, me know. Exactly. No so way yeah, way. that's no like huge, I think, and and definitely a pitfall you can easily fall into is mm-hmm. misreading things. Yep. And then each of you not understanding that you're completely misreading each other. <laughs> so that's why I think this like really taking interest in each other's interests kind of help alleviate that because you really get to know them. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, this is a big pitfall for, for us. It's like, sometimes we get into habits of like unwinding with shows or oh, both being on our phones. Gosh, that's like the easiest and thing to do. I remember like one time we went on a date night where we didn't have our phones and like we had so many conversations and th- about so much stuff. And I was like, you could have this every night if we weren't like so. It's like it feels like we're dating again. Yeah. I know. We're nice actually asking about things. And it was How so have you weird. been? It's been it, years. Yes. It was almost like a blind had been lifted that I yes. didn't even know we had yeah. kind of fallen into yeah. this passive. Right. You know, or even just like just, you do it because you think that all you're going to talk about is like what you got to do the next day and you're like well I don't want to talk about that right now are you just comfortable you want to be comfortable or you're kind of just thinking of yourself Mm -hmm. really like you're like what can I do to unwind right my kids are in bed finally I want to do something easy yes yeah and so and but it's funny because every time we do like get into conversations it's actually really fun like it is is. isn't it's not stressful it's not like it's not unwinding like it's you know so So anyway I'm gonna throw in a practical tip and I know we're gonna get into that later but now that we're kind of talking about it So one thing that we have done or before that's, you know, that has helped is we've actually, my husband and I, we've read a book together aloud. Mm, We actually read two books together. We read uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and we also read Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis together out loud. And I feel like that was something, a conversation and a time that we would look forward to after we put the kids down because it's it's interesting to know what his thoughts are on what this author said. And it can be yes. different than what the way I interpret it. So kind of doing things together, that's just one practical application that I could say helped us as far as like, you know, unwinding and kind of mm-hmm. doing something together. So one part I wanted to add quick is when Vita brought up the exclusivity of marriage, I think sometimes we think of that as only meaning like no affairs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But one thing we need to think about is that our marriage needs to be a sanctuary, husband, wife, and God, no third parties. That doesn't just mean an affair or we bringing our extended families into our sanctuary mm. or our friends. And I mean, it's okay to ask for advice, but are we kind of appealing to members of the family to kind of team up against a spouse or affirm us in what we want? Or even Facebook groups I've seen kind of turn into this like, my husband, blah, 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 blah. And they want all these comments to be like, oh, you're so right. Yes, affirming their stance. Yes, and that really does violate the exclusivity of marriage because Mm -hmm. you are bringing third parties into it in an unhealthy way. Yes, it needs to be private. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some things like should never be shared. And I think that one that one's hard for me because sometimes I just talk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh, shouldn't have shared that. Yeah. Like that was a funny thing my spouse did, but I don't think he'd appreciate everyone knowing that he did it. <laughs> You're like, but it was I, hilarious. I it was funny and like it's endearing <laughs> to me. Like I'm like, oh, that's so cute. He did that. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, he might not view it that way. Exactly. So it's really important to do that. And I think after, you know, thinking of of, of that, the next one that kind of goes again with this is watch against every beginning of misunderstanding or alienation. Mm-hmm. So really looking out for any area that there could be miscommunication or you feel like you're growing apart. Mm-hmm. So has a hasty word been spoken? Mm-hmm. You need to instantly recall it and ask for forgiveness. Even mm-hmm. if it's the next day and you're like, oh, whatever, he's over it. He seems fine with me. Right. You really should just say, you know what? I'm sorry I said that. I'm a jerk. Yeah. Please forgive me. Because it demonstrates the effort. 
yes. on your behalf that you actually care about their feelings. And you acknowledge that what you did was wrong. Yeah. Because even if they're fine with it and they got over it, that doesn't share anything of that they realize you've acknowledged that. Right. Because in their perspective, it could just be like, oh, she was being a little, you know, what? And then, okay, but we're fine now. Okay, whatever. What's yeah, for let's breakfast? Not rock the boat. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> but it's like, no, knowing like, oh, she's acknowledging that yes. she made a mistake. That makes me realize how much she cares about me and yes. my feelings. Mm-hmm. It goes deeper. That yeah. she is thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Misunderstanding, no matter whose fault, don't let it remain for even an hour. Pride has no place in wedded bliss. Mm. So each night we should really examine our behavior towards our spouse and mm. ask for forgiveness that night if needed. Mm. So almost like an examination of conscience, an examination of my spousal yeah treatment how exactly. did i do today <laughs> yeah have i been living up to what was i, was I to be? critical all day long of things you could have done better was right. i this and if so you should be like you know what i was kind of mean today i'm really sorry yeah yeah <laughs> so when you're thinking after all of this okay well i'm not the problem my spouse is so if that was your frame of mind as we were kind of going through well i'm not critical but my spouse is right or like he should be listening to this yeah you know because exactly. he really needs to know these things yeah you know i do all those but my spouse doesn't return anything it's really important to remember that you shouldn't be calculating like that because it can get into a tit for tat Right. You do this, I do that. You do this, I do that. And right. then it turns to, I'm not going to give love unless I receive it. You're putting a condition right. on it. And I'll link this in the description, but one of the best talks on marriage I've ever heard was a Fulton Sheen mm-hmm. talk. And really, he talks about how in marriage, when one is deficient, the other can earn graces for them. Okay. So Explain if you're that. bearing the burden of you're the one going to mass, you're the one doing mm-hmm. these things, and your spouse is cold and they're not. Mm-hmm. That you continue to get those graces right. and that because you're one, you can merit their salvation yes. through what you're doing. Yes. So like I guess a practical application I would think is like if you're praying – like let's just say your husband seems to be ungrateful or moody and you're like, gosh, I wish he was – I'm not ungrateful. I'm not moody. I'm not ungrateful. I'm, yeah. So the way you can actually combat that is – going to what you're saying is like doing prayers of thanksgiving right Mm -hmm. because where you feel he's not being thankful yeah be thankful for him you be thankful for him you be thankful for what you just anything yeah i mean anything you feel like he should be yes and just that you are if he's not patient you be even more patient so i'm sure that that's what that means like wherever they're deficient you do that yes and then and through kind of, your suffering, you're earning more graces yes, for them. Because you are one. Your yes. souls are blending. Like yes. you said, you like that. Yeah. So that's the beauty part of the, the right. suffering, right? Right. And then so to go off what you were saying about sometimes you feel like you keep tabs. Yes. Well, there's a great quote from St. Augustine and it goes, the measure of love is to love without measure. And mm. I thought that was very – I mean, it sounds so basic, right? It's kind of yes. like – it's just it's like an easy thing to say but when you actually look into it the measure of love is to love without measure that means like however much you love a person mm-hmm. mat, like depends on the fact that you don't measure what they do right right like, yes yeah and then look at yourself in perspective to that right. so like if there's a time where your spouse isn't able to carry you as much as the weight of the house yeah and you're the one doing it all yeah 
if you're measuring, all you'll see is I'm doing all the work and getting no help. Right. And that actually it's a toxic. Yes. Attitude. And that actually, I think shields you from seeing what they actually do. Yes. Because although you're so focused on what they're not. Exactly. You're so focused on what they're not doing. You're not seeing what they are doing. So mm-hmm. if you, when, if you find yourself getting caught in those types of scenarios in your head, then just stop that train of thought and watch what they actually do. Because Mm -hmm. that happened to me the other day. I don't remember what I was complaining about in my head, (laughs) but I kind of stopped myself and I'm like, okay, what is he doing right now? He's unloading the dishwasher Yes, right before work. Like there are things that they do that sometimes they do so frequently that you don't Mm -hmm. even notice that you're just kind of like, oh, that's a given. He does that. But it's like, no, that's his sign of love for the house for mm-hmm. you to help you out yes yep and people show love in different ways exactly so to remember it doesn't always have to be on your terms right all right so our quote of the day is from good old gk chesterton who keeps it quite simple and lighthearted as usual he says quote marriage is an adventure. <laughs> so treat it that way, you yes. guys. Like remember that this is an adventure that you wanted to embark on the day mm-hmm. of your marriage. You saw it, your future with your spouse as one of excitement and joy and lots of love. So keeping that positive perspective on it, mm-hmm. knowing that you guys can have adventures. Even even the valleys can yes. be adventures. Yeah. You get through them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You learn something from them. Perfect. So uh, for the product review, I have been reading the daily readings using the Benedictus book. And it's a daily – sorry, it's a monthly subscription. It's very inexpensive. It's $5 a month. And you get the daily readings as well as uh, daily meditations in there. And so it's just been really fruitful for my spiritual life because that's what I start my mornings with. And it kind of gives me the scriptures – that I would like to focus on every day. So what I mean by that is, you know, I read something in scripture and then I kind of write it down in my notebook where I journal. And then I kind of have that journal open on the counter throughout the day so that I kind of go back to what I am reflecting on and praying about in the morning. So the I would just say it's just been a really great addition to my spiritual life. And like I said, really inexpensive. And I would totally, totally recommend Nice. Benedictus B E N. Is it printed? Like it? It's like printed. they mail it to you. They mail it to you. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And you get one every month. Pot is cool. Yeah. So it's like similar to like Magnificat or whatever. Yes. Like a- exactly. Okay. So mag- the Magnificat is uh, post nineteen sixty. The day the Novus Ordo daily. Oh. The Benedictus is the traditional. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Budget tip I have is one I'm trying to take myself. So I thought I'd just share it, but um. If you're doing your budgeting and you're noticing there's certain categories, you're always struggling to stay on budget. Um, So like clothing, fun money. Let's say you're like always spending a little extra fun money or groceries. I Mm -hmm. mean, groceries are really hard right now with inflation and everything. But if there's one in particular that's just difficult, I recommend keeping like an envelope in your wallet for Mm -hmm. that category with Mm -hmm. cash in it. And that you're just going to use cash. Yes. And so if you're like, gosh, groceries, I'm always going over, mm-hmm. then just use cash for that category to help you kind of see, oh, gosh, I spent half of it already. Just having that visible 
also the psychological hurt of turning it over to somebody. Mm-hmm. When you swipe a card, there's not as much like pain, right? Yes. You don't see the money leaving your account. Mm-hmm. You see that later. <laughs> Cue the Dave Ramsey. Yes. He's all about the cash envelope yes. system. But it's it can be hard, especially nowadays when we do a lot of online things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think is just pick a couple or even just one category right. where that's a real struggle to kind of get you back yes. on track with it. Because to throw a fact in there in the Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, he said that you actually spend, I think – 11 to 15 percent more when you swipe your card wow yeah Yeah. there's like so that's going over budget for whatever reason there's something super psychological about cash yeah when you see it leave yes something physical yeah it it almost is like you start thinking is this worth it whereas when you swipe a card you don't go through that process yeah because you don't see it for sure yep so anything and even if it's online let's say you're like well my worst category is clothing and i order it all online well when you order it online take the cash out Mm -hmm. and put it somewhere else or something just so you still have that psychological oh gosh i just spent half my clothing budget on so maybe good to do this like the first of the month yes keep yourself to yeah when the month starts otherwise you're too late You got this, Mama. And don't forget, God walks among the pots and pans. See you next time.